Hi, welcome back. I have admittedly been sitting here for like 10 straight minutes trying to get the insane... Is a windstorm a thing? I don't know if it's necessarily an actual weather pattern, but it is so windy here. It is like beating against the house and there's no way to avoid the noise. So it will just pretend like you're actually here with me and we're just having a conversation between two friends, which is genuinely how I want this to feel and sound to whoever's listening anyway. So that is, uh, let's just say it's adding to the ambiance, <laughs> but okay. This is something that I was thinking about on, um, actually on my flight back. I just got back to Nashville. I feel like I've been gone for like two straight weeks, but I took the girls to Delray for New Year's and it was so fun. And it was just like, I, I needed to be at a beach and I needed to be in some sunshine because Nashville just gets really gross and gray and like cold and rainy this time of year. It's, it's horrible, but I had to go to Dallas for something with work and because my flight, like apparently Southwest doesn't have movies on their plane, which is fine. I, I just had a lot more time to think than I normally do. And on the flight back, I was actually thinking about, um, something that I, I really used to struggle with and just like identifying where it came from and really going deep into the why and guys, it, it hit me like in such a way that I was so excited. I couldn't wait to get back and touch down and share all of this with you because I feel I'm not hundred percent sure I could be the only person in the world that feels this way, but something in me feels like there's a lot of us who struggle with, um, showing up and taking up space. And I mean that in the, the way that most of us, like if you grew up in the, you know, the eighties, nineties, early two thousands, I know this isn't for everyone across the board, but I feel like a lot of us had to have the same kind of parenting that our parents had to have, which was children should be, um, you know, not, not seen, not heard. Like if you're here, great, but don't, don't do anything right. Don't be a part of the mix. This is grown up time. This is a time where you are basically a different entity from us. Like Yes, you're our child, but you are not in this mix because we're talking about adult things and we're having adult time and you go over there and you be a kid. And this is kind of what I've talked about with like the the perspective that I have that tends to be um, a little bit more on the unpopular side. That's about treating your kids as like actual humans and not like lesser people than you are. Because I think that's why a lot of us have so much anxiety these days, but that's a whole other episode. I notice, like my parents, especially in my upbringing, coming from a, a hyper religious, complete, I don't want to, what is, what is the word? Like authoritarian um, background. It was very much built in the frame of a hierarchy where it was like God, the pastor, um, the father, the mother, and then the kids. And it was supposed to be like, this is the perfect order where everyone's taken care of. But I actually felt most of the time, like I was very brushed aside. And this is speaking as someone who is the oldest, which 
again, is a whole other topic of conversation. Hi, oldest daughters. I see you. I'm so sorry that we have had to be adults since we were children, but truly like my siblings probably had the the worst of it in terms of, um, getting the, the attention that's required to just have a healthy upbringing and something that I, it got so deeply ingrained early on that I just, I think I just kept carrying it into my teen years and my early adult years. And I'm just now like really actively working to undo it is this, this lack of confidence to take up space. And this translated into so many different aspects of my life. Like the main thing that I really was thinking about is how I used to be such a cool girl. I used to be so like, I, I'm low maintenance. You don't really have to worry about me. And I, I mean, part of it is just the misogynistic framework of our culture where the men have been taught that they really don't have to put in a lot of effort and women should be grateful for that. And it's like so weird and backwards because where else in nature does that actually exist? The answer is nowhere, but it, it was also coming from a place of, I'm so used to meeting my own needs that I don't really need anyone else to do it. And that's not necessarily a healthy framework to have. Like, is it good for you to not be, you know, unhealthily attached to people where you don't have your own self-fulfillment? I mean, yeah, obviously that's not healthy, but to sit there and try to exist as like a one person show and exist on your own little island where no one else can really impact you or shake you. And yes, avoidant attachments. We are, we, we all know what, uh, what that experience is like. That has been a really challenging thing for me to work through. And to be honest, I'm still working through it. There was a, a realization I had a couple of years ago when I, it was like right after my ex-husband and I had separated. Um, we, it was a, a really like just weird time for me overall. And I, like, I would say maybe six months later or so, I don't even remember at this point, but I started dating somebody and it seemed very casual at first. I actually was the one that led the charge and was like, look, I'm at a very tumultuous point in my life and I thought I was doing the healthy thing, right? I thought I was approaching this from like the best place and I was going to be like so cool about it. And I was like, look, I don't really need anything from you. I am just in this to like have some fun, right? I was just in a very tumultuous marriage. I have a lot of upheaval. You're not going to be involved with any aspects of my life that have to do with like the real side of things. We're just going to have some fun together. And of course, he was totally down for that. Zero commitment, really no no time needed on my part. I was just kind of there for whenever he felt it was convenient, right? And I thought, <laughs> I actually thought, because I don't really need anything from this, like this is this is so healthy, this is the best thing. And what I didn't realize was when I walked into a therapy session. And I told my therapist that 
I like loved this guy and I was, I saw this future with him and I was just coming from such a place of feeling like I was, I was finally getting what I needed from somebody, which is just so inaccurate on every level. But she said to me, she holds out her hands and I wish I could show you exactly what she did, but it was so impactful, but she holds out her, her right arm. She extends it all the way out. And then she holds her left hand in a fist close to her heart. And she says, why do you love people that hold you like this? They keep you at a distance where you aren't actually close. You're not seeing the real them. And they're keeping this part of themselves who they actually are hidden back here. And you're sitting here saying that that is like the greatest love you've ever felt with somebody. And yet you are actually not getting anything from this. You're not getting a single need met. There's no vulnerability. There's no transparency. There's no, there's no real life. It's all just these high energy, high excitement experiences that you are assigning way more meaning than they should hold. And that specific lens first, I rejected it. I was like, not ready to hear that. I was like, no, it's love. I love this guy. And it <laughs> It was, it was just astounding how little I expected from my relationships, from my friendships, from my romantic relationships, from anything. I came to every situation with the energy of, I'm here, give me just like a tiny little bit and I'll be okay. Like you, you don't even have to go out of your way. I mean, you really don't have to even try. And I genuinely thought that existing in the world, in my own little bubble that nobody could really penetrate, nobody could really see me, nobody could really get close. I thought that that was like exactly what I wanted. And what I started to realize, the more I did shadow work, the more I I stuck to trauma healing and EMDR and red and, and everything that I was doing to try and heal myself, the more I started to realize that I actually was just so used to receiving not even the bare minimum, like below the bare minimum. I was so used to relying on myself for getting my needs met. And I was so used to not asking for anything from anybody. And I was so used to not taking up any space within relationships because I was never allowed to. So what I thought was this whole beautiful, romantic, whirlwind type of love was actually just a trauma bond. It was actually just this person mimicking exactly what my family expected of me and exactly how my viewpoint of relationships formed early on. And the message that was sent to me was you're here, but don't rock the boat, right? You're here, but don't ask for anything. Don't have any needs. Don't complain. You have a great life. What are you complaining about? Don't, no, no, no. Don't, don't reveal that thing over here that's happening in the shadows that nobody wants to talk about because that rocks the boat. That disturbs the peace. We need peace. We need happiness. We need joy. Nothing can shake those things. Every single thing within my family was hidden and secretive. And as long as everyone painted on these big happy smiles and we posted the photos and we all looked like we were having a good time and we showed up to the events and everyone looked perfect, then everything was great. 
It was a lie that my parents told themselves that I started to adopt. If you put on a good enough show, if you put on a good enough mask and you don't actually ask for anything and you don't take up space and you play your part, everything's great. But what that actually does is it creates so much dis-ease within your body. It creates so much disease within your mind because while you're thinking that you're being the cool girl and you're not taking up space and you're playing the part that you're supposed to play and you're keeping the peace and, and you're putting on the good show, while you think that's what's happening, what's actually happening is these emotions, these feelings are getting stifled and buried and there's layers and layers and layers of unmet needs and unfelt feelings that are just being pushed down into your body. And I will be the first person to tell you, they don't go away. You can't just trick yourself. You can't trick your body into believing that everything is okay. There's some things you can do to influence your emotions and influence your perspective, but you can't trick yourself into believing that things are okay when you know they're not. You can't trick yourself into saying, I don't actually like need anything. You know, I'm good. I take care of myself. I don't really need anything from this relationship. I don't really need anything from this guy or this girl or this person. I just, I'm just here to have a good time. Because if you actually feel that way, then you wouldn't have to tell yourself that. And it was so easy for me to get away with it for so long because I attracted a lot more people by not having needs. I attracted so many more people into my vicinity by just playing the part that I was supposed to play and by making everyone happy and by never being messy and by never asking for anything and by allowing people to just feel like there was more bodies in the room and, and nobody was disturbing the peace. Everyone was happy. And when I started attracting all of these friends and all of these people and all of these humans, I genuinely thought like, oh, I've made it because everyone likes me. <laughs> if I've learned anything, it's that the more authentically you show up as yourself, the less people are going to like you. But that's true self-worth. That's true confidence. And when I was constantly surrounding myself with all of these people who again, mimicked the same environment that I was used to growing up. Like, Hey, everyone's happy. We're having a great time. We don't talk about feelings that became a heavier and heavier burden to bear because I was constantly surrounded by these, these good time people. I feel like there's a term for that, but I can't remember right now. I was constantly surrounded by all of these people who were just all about having a good time and good energy and high vibes. And like, it felt great. But that wasn't the reality. The reality was I had 20 years of just shit 
that I'd buried so deep and this divorce and this separation was triggering all of it and trying to bring all of it to the surface. And I just kept stuffing it down and I just kept telling myself like, no, 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 this isn't it. This isn't, no, no, we're going to stay positive. We're going to stay happy. We're not going to talk about this. We're not going to feel this. I thought that I could compartmentalize my life into making sense because it had always worked for me. It had always worked for me to lie to myself and tell myself that I didn't have needs and that I was okay with being small and I was okay with playing small and I was okay with just kind of existing in my own little corner and allowing everything to happen as it was unfolding. And the more that I uncovered my true identity and the more I started to heal those wounds and the more I started to actually get to know who I really was at my core and not what my ta- what my trauma had taught me that was when i started to realize like i'm so not a cool girl <laughs> i am i am high maintenance i have high expectations it does take a lot to be in my presence it does take a lot to be in my circle I expect a lot from relationships, but it's because I give a lot. If somebody is in my life and and you're someone that I feel safe with and I feel connected with, I am like all in on you. Whatever it is, whatever you need, if you need a shoulder to cry on, I'm that person. If you need encouragement, I'm that person. If you need to go take tequila shots and dance on a bar, I am that person. I am down for all of it. I love my people so hard. So why is it unfair for me to have my needs met in that space as well? And I saw it happen like sadly with my mom. I saw her constantly not get things that she needed from any relationships. I mean, she never had any time to herself. She was always pleasing everyone around her. And I saw that and I knew there was something about it that I didn't like. It just didn't sit right with my soul, but I didn't know any other way to be. So when I became a mom, I started to fall back into that trap too of this is fine. Everything's fine. Everything's great. I'm going to turn a blind eye. I'm going to turn the other way while I know you're doing what you're doing behind my back. And and as long as I don't rock the boat, everything's good. But I actually started to see history repeat itself. I started to see myself become my mom and it it left the biggest pit in my stomach when I realized that that meant my girls would become me. And that was when I said, absolutely not. They are not going to have the same story that I had. They are not going to go through the pain that I've had to go through. And and I'm not implying that my ex-husband is anything like what my father was. It's a whole, whole other thing. If you've listened to the other episodes, like I'm not saying that my girls are in danger in any way. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. But I am saying the behaviors that I saw on my mother that caused a lot of hurt and turmoil for me, I saw myself starting to repeat with my kids. And... The crazy thing is, once I started to actually learn what meeting my own needs looked like, it did not look like 
silencing myself and making myself small and being the cool girl and being afraid to take up space, it looked like having those hard conversations. It looked like speaking up and advocating for myself and setting boundaries and and telling people and communicating what I needed from these dynamics and these relationships. That was actually what was meeting my own needs, which is the opposite of everything I'd ever believed. And I've talked about this before, but the shift that happened when I started to do that, when I started to speak more openly, like I did it in baby steps. I'm not saying this was like an overnight change. That was when I started to feel things again. It was like this, it's like this ripple effect. Like I was, I didn't really know where to start, but I knew what I didn't like. And I knew what I needed to change. And I did it in small ways. So it looked like instead of burying my feelings down and telling myself I didn't want to feel these uncomfortable feelings, that I instead would just allow them to come up and I would have to talk myself through them and I would have to tell myself, this is not going to overtake me. This heaviness is not going to drown me. It was it was so terrifying at times because I was struggling with um, suicidal tendencies and I was struggling with whenever I'd have an anxiety attack, it would immediately spiral into that suicidal feeling of like, I just don't want to be here. And it was not easy, but I did get through it. And the more I started to practice it and the more I started to practice getting myself through it, the more I exercised that muscle of showing myself like, it's okay. You can feel these things. There's a lot here. You deserve to feel it. You deserve to have your emotions heard. Even if it's just by yourself, you deserve to take up this space. You deserve to have these feelings. The more that I practiced that and the more that I got through that, the easier it became to get through it because I was working that muscle. I was working what it actually looked like to meet my needs and what it actually looked like to show up for myself. And showing up for myself was not painting on a smile and pretending like everything was fine when the whole world around me was collapsing. It was actually letting myself process all of the grief and all of the heavy feelings and sharing what I was going through with really safe humans. And you learn pretty quickly when you start to change and shift your identity to be a more authentic version of yourself. You do learn pretty quickly that not everyone's down for that. And that is so okay. Like everyone is at different points in their journey, but that was really when I started to realize that a lot of people that I called my best friends were just, they weren't that. And that's totally fine because it allowed me to, when I started showing up more in that way, it allowed me to feel comfortable with other people that also showed up in that way. It allowed me to feel more comfortable with the people who didn't play those parts where they're, they're running from certain things within themselves or hiding something within themselves. And I've attracted some really incredible, vulnerable, connected people through this process. But 
it didn't happen overnight and it wasn't easy, but it did feel right. And I think we typically confuse what's easy with what feels right. Most of the time, what is right is not what is easy. It's typically the opposite because what happens is we have so many things, so many patterns, so many behaviors that are handed to us by other people and handed to us by our survival techniques and the things that we needed just to get through those challenging times. And that's what's normal. That's that's what we're wired for, right? But then when we try something new internally, it feels like, okay, this is a yes. I don't know why it's a yes. It's so scary. This is so terrifying. I've never been here before, but it feels like a yes. And I owe it to myself to explore why it's a yes. That, that little gift, that little reframing you can give to yourself will start to open up a whole world of possibilities for you. That little lean in to trusting yourself and to saying, I really am scared to do this. I don't know what this holds for me, but something about it feels intuitively like a yes. Something about it is calling me forward and I get to find out why. I get to find out what this means. I get to learn. That's honestly one of my favorite things about being alive and being human is that you get to learn every day. You get to learn new things about yourself. You get to learn new things about the world and other people. You get to learn new things about the people that you've known your whole life or that you're in a relationship with or that you call your best friend. You can always learn and always step forward into that curiosity and that why and see what unfolds. And with this, when I started to make this a very regular practice of just taking up space in small ways, for me, it personally started like just setting boundaries, which was (laughs) not something I was used to doing. Um, But advocating for my needs and and setting boundaries and saying, Hey, look, I like, I need this. And if you can't provide it, that's, that's okay. Oh my God. It's so okay. I'm really at peace with, with, if this isn't in line with what you want to give to this, but I need more. And the best thing is I've attracted way more of the right people doing this and all of the wrong ones don't even, they don't respond to that. And I actually took it as a compliment when I went from like men specifically telling me like, you're so easy, you're so low maintenance, you're so just chill that I used to hold as like such a high praise. And then the conversation started to shift a little bit to no, like you're, you're, you got high expectations. You're really high maintenance. You are not easy. And I'm like, good good. I don't want to be for everyone. I want to be for the people that operate at that level with me. I want to be for the people who look at me and what I have to offer and say like, yeah, that's work, but it's worth it because that's how I view people. I don't want somebody who doesn't have anything to ask because that means they don't have anything really to offer. So if you are maybe in the same space that I've been in 
or maybe you've overcome that work, or maybe you're just starting to realize these things. I get it. I know it's not easy, especially when you've had some kind of upbringing that told you to be quiet and be pretty and don't do that and do this and don't take up space and children should be should be quiet and they should be polite and they should not talk back and all of the things where we were taught to deny our inner self, our true selves that had needs and we're trying to advocate for them. This is not the easiest thing to undo, but it is worth it. And you start to feel so good about yourself when you start to take up space like this. So don't be afraid of being too much. Be afraid of not asking for enough because if that's the way that you're handling your relationships, how do you think you're handling your life and what you expect from that? What you expect with the, 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 the things that you want for yourself. Do you really think that it's okay to just sit there and get by with the bare minimum of what you probably don't even, like where you're not even getting those needs met? I mean, is that really what you want for yourself? Or do you want more? Do you want more love? Do you want more abundance? Do you want more joy? That doesn't come with asking for the bare minimum. That doesn't come with accepting the bare minimum. That doesn't come with being afraid of being rejected for when you ask for those things. And I think that's a big component of this that a lot of us don't talk about is the fear of rejection when you ask for a need and it doesn't get met. But that neutrality of, hey, listen, this is what my need is. And I fully accept that. I fully accept that this is something that's really important to me. It matters to me. If that doesn't work for you, that's okay. And you might lose some people like that. And it might be hard. But do you really want somebody? Like once that truth is out in the open, do you really want somebody who could never be enough for your needs? Do you really want somebody who isn't invested into you and your future and your happiness? Or do you want somebody that is going to pour into you, that does understand that all human beings have needs and they all look a little different and it's up to you to advocate for yourself, to take up that space, to communicate what those needs are and to show yourself that this is who we are. We, and I say we, like little inner child you and adult you, (laughs) we ask for what we need and we accept that not everyone can fit in that space, but by showing up more authentically, by taking up that space, by advocating for yourself, by communicating your boundaries, your needs, your wants, your desires to yourself and to everyone around you, that allows more of the right things to come into your life. That allows more of the things that you're trying to attract to come in because then you're in alignment. Then you're not denying parts of yourself. Then you're not acting from wounds instead of from empowerment. And that feeling, oh man, it is, it's life-changing because then you can actually focus your energy into what you want that's that's more for yourself because you're not constantly getting 
denied. You're not constantly in that inner turmoil of like, what do I do with this? What, what happens with this? So I know at this point, I'm just like, I could go down this rabbit hole forever, but if you could have one little baby takeaway from this, don't be afraid to take up space and don't be afraid to advocate for your needs and don't be afraid to lose people who can't meet those needs. I know all of that is way easier said than done, but trust me, you can do it. It's important because you only have your one life. Do you want to live it scared? Do you want to live it never really showing up as your true self? Do you want to live it hanging out in the shadows because you're afraid of what if people don't like me when I show up? What if this person doesn't like me anymore when I start asking for things from them? Is that really what you want? Or do you want to live in that full truth of who you are and what your needs are? And that, you know what? You might be high maintenance and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Take it as a compliment, especially like for, for my girls. There's nothing. There's nothing noteworthy about being low maintenance, okay? If you genuinely are, I love that for you. That's so great. But don't put on that mask if it doesn't belong to you. There's nothing wrong with taking up space. There's nothing wrong with having needs. It's a part of the human experience. And I fully believe in you. And I'm excited to see how your life transforms when you start living in this full full experience of yourself and your life and your needs and taking up that space. I love you guys. I'm rooting for you. I believe in you and we will reconnect next week.